Welcome to the Jumpstart Your Instructional Design Career Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping new and aspiring instructional designers get the knowledge, skills, and confidence to stand out in the field and land their first corporate instructional design job. I'm your host, Jill Davidian, and think of this podcast as a way to put my over 20 years of corporate ID experience in your back pocket. I've helped over 500 new instructional designers successfully transition into the field, and I know what hiring managers are looking for. Whether you're looking for a career change and exploring if instructional design is right for you, or you know you want to become an ID and have no idea how to get started, you are in the right place. Join me each week for actionable guidance as we explore how to build your portfolio, transform your resume, and interview with confidence. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we're talking about the different routes you can pursue when you decide you want to get into instructional design. Many times I talk to educators who think that they have to go into instructional design in the K-12 space, which is formerly called ed tech or educational technology. They may think this because they don't even realize there are other avenues for instructional design or they think they just can't do it as an educator. I'm here to tell you that is not the case. As an instructional designer, you can also work at a university in the higher ed space, helping faculty take their learning online or for a corporation creating adult learning and corporate training. I will tell you that this podcast will focus on corporate instructional design, which is creating training for adults who are employees or customers of companies large and small. I'm not going to focus on higher ed or ed tech. You may be wondering why I don't just focus on all three. Aren't the processes, tools, skills, and knowledge you will need the same? No, they're actually very different. We're going to talk about those differences in just a moment. Now, what if you're unsure as to which one you're interested in? Do you have to choose just one? No, absolutely not. You could pursue any or all of the three if you wanted to. I worked in higher ed for the first three years of my career, and then I switched to corporate. You can do the same. I've helped IDs enter the field that do part-time contracts to where they're working with multiple clients at one time, sometimes in ed tech and in corporate, or some in higher ed and in corporate. The direction you want to go is up to you, but what is important is that you understand the difference between the three. So that one, you can choose what you want to pursue, and two, you can tailor your portfolio, resume, and interviewing skills to focus on the needs of the job for which you are currently applying. You wouldn't want to showcase your education skills in a way that don't fit a corporate ID job. You won't get hired. Hopefully by the end of this episode, you will have a better understanding of the difference between the three routes that you can take so that you have a better idea of what you want to pursue. So let's get into it. I will first talk about the difference in the work that you actually do, and then I will talk about the difference in each job from an employment perspective, like salary, work hours, and stuff like that. So first, let's talk about ed tech. So ed tech, or educational technology, is the creation of learning materials for the K-12 setting. Ed tech companies create curriculum that school districts purchase. Many times, this curriculum involves technology components, especially in the current climate, and so that's why it's called ed tech. Also, the companies that create those tech components are also considered inside the field of ed tech. So if you're a teacher and you've used apps in the classroom like Padlet, Kahoot, Nearpod, Seesaw, those apps were created by ed tech companies. For teachers, this is often an easy transition from the classroom because it most closely relates to the experience teachers bring. If you're a teacher and enjoy the K-12 environment and designing instruction for children, but just don't want to be in the classroom anymore, this may be an avenue for you. I will say that it is mostly teachers that get into ed tech. I don't often see people from other fields, although anything is possible. The tools that you use in the ed tech space are often those apps and tools I just mentioned previously, and they may be things that you've used in the classroom as a teacher, like Nearpod, Seesaw, etc. 
These are very different than the tools used in higher ed or corporate. So that's one area where the three routes you can take differ greatly. The curriculum you're designing in ed tech is for the classroom and is meant to be taught live, usually over a period of time, as opposed to a module that must be completed in an hour, like in the corporate space. The audience in ed tech is obviously children, which goes without saying, but is an important distinction compared to higher ed and corporate because audience is an important consideration in instructional design. You're going to design the instruction differently. With ed tech, the curriculum is designed for use with a live instructor, aka the teacher. Children won't complete that learning asynchronously. Learning that includes an instructor is often called instructor-led training and is very different than learning that is to be delivered asynchronously or completely online, and we'll discuss that later when we talk about corporate learning. I like to call EdTech instructional design adjacent because in many EdTech roles, you aren't designing instruction at all. You may be designing tools that teachers use in the classroom as described earlier. Now let's talk about higher ed. So in higher ed, you often are not designing curriculum at all as an instructional designer. The job title is sometimes called instructional designer, but can also be called instructional technologist. Often what you are doing is helping faculty take the courses that they teach in person and moving them online to be taught virtually, or you're helping them to better utilize technology in the classroom. Sometimes you're helping to develop a new course, but it's often more of a partnership where a faculty member is developing the course and you're trying to get in where you fit in, offering tips and advice. Faculty are experts at what they do, very proud of it, and their role as the subject matter expert is very different than in corporate. They want to be much more involved in the process, and really, they want to own the course. It's more like they are the instructional designer designing the course, and you're their glorified assistant. To that end, like EdTech, this is a role where you may not be doing much instructional design work at all. The tools you use in higher ed are usually tools like Canvas and Blackboard, which are learning management systems. They're designed to house longer-term courses that have multiple learning components. So if you think about a course that's delivered over a semester or a quarter, there's going to be lots of learning components, discussion activities, maybe some online activities. There's going to be some lectures from the professor. There's going to be lots of different components that make up that entire course. It's not just going to be one module or one learning component. While you can bring in external learning objects, most of the time, the course is created entirely in Canvas or Blackboard. Now, learning management systems track learner engagement with the course. Did they complete it? What parts did they complete, et cetera? Which is very important for grading purposes and compliance purposes. And it's all housed in one place with Canvas or Blackboard. You create inside the tool and it's tracked as well. Many of these learning activities are meant to be delivered in an instructor-led or virtual instructor-led format, meaning there is a live instructor and the learning materials support the learning that the instructor is delivering. This is similar to ed tech because you're creating learning materials for the classroom. This is very different in corporate where there's often no instructor. I worked in higher ed for the first three years of my career before transitioning to corporate, and it was a huge change. Let's talk about corporate. In corporate, you are the actual instructional designer. You're not a glorified learning assistant or any of that like you sometimes are in higher ed. You have a subject matter expert, but they are just that. They are the subject matter expert that you glean knowledge around the topic from, but they usually respect you as the learning expert. To that end, you are actually the one designing courses from scratch. You are designing and you're gleaning knowledge from them to help you in that process. 90% of the learning that you're developing in corporate is completely asynchronous or completely online. There is no instructor. It's called e-learning. 
As corporate IDs, we do sometimes develop virtual instructor-led or instructor-led training where there is an instructor, either in person or virtually, but it's becoming less and less in this post-COVID era. Most of the time, companies need employees to take training on their own schedule, when they can fit it in, and they don't want to pull 20 employees into a room, whether it's in person or virtual, together to take a training. That means 20 people aren't doing their jobs at the same time, and that's not going to work. With e-learning or online learning, they can all take the module at different times, which is less disruptive. Often, companies need to deliver training to multiple work locations, and again, trying to get everyone together at once is a problem. E-learning is much more convenient. But you develop a lot differently when there is no instructor. The learning materials are the center of the instruction, not supporting the instruction. There's no speaker notes. Everything has to be contained within the module. No instructor to make sure people are staying awake. No instructor to check for understanding. You have to make sure the model is engaging so that learners learn what they're supposed to learn from it. They could be checking their phones. They could be doing all kinds of things while they're going through this module. And so you have to make sure that you're keeping them engaged. That's why it's important to know if you want to get into ed tech, higher ed, or corporate. Because if you want to focus on corporate ID, you're going to focus on e-learning for the most part. Also, corporate learning is short. You may be developing a five-minute video, a 30-minute e-learning module, or a series of 15-minute modules. But there are only going to be a few modules that make up that series. While there are some courses that have several components to them, like a new hire training for customer service agents at a call center in that example I just gave you, most courses are self-contained in less than an hour. It's very different developing a one-hour module versus a semester course with 20 learning components, for example. You're going to go into a lot more detail in a 20 learning component course that is delivered out over a semester versus a one-hour module. Also, the tools are very different. We mainly use tools called Articulate Storyline and Rise in the corporate e-learning environment. We don't use Canvas and Blackboard like you do in higher ed. As mentioned earlier, Canvas and Blackboard are learning management systems or LMSs, and you design and develop the course inside of them as well as track learner progress. For corporate, we also have to have our courses inside a learning management system to track learner progress, but we design the courses outside of an LMS and then upload them to the LMS. So the tools that you work with in corporate and in higher ed are very different, and the process with which we work with them is also very different. Sometimes an ID will do a role, which is called a learning management system or LMS administrator. And this is the person who actually works with the LMS on the corporate side. But sometimes organizations don't have LMS administrators, and so an ID gets stuck in that role. In higher ed, because your LMS is the tool you're developing in, you really are the LMS administrator in most cases. Now, the process used and the deliverables we produce in corporate ID are also very, very different, mostly because there's a pretty specific process for developing e-learning that doesn't really translate to virtual instructor-led training and instructor-led training. And remember I said that in ed tech and higher ed, you're developing for virtual instructor-led training and instructor-led training. You're not really doing e-learning, so that's why the process is so different. For more on the corporate ID process, see my episode on how the instructional design process is like building a house. Now, the final thing I want to mention kind of goes without saying, but you're building learning for adults. Adults are busy. Adults in a corporate setting are very different than college students or children. We have to design with adult learning principles in mind. Knowing your audience is super important in this field. And if you learn to design for children in ed tech, it's going to be a different ballgame 
learning to design for adults. Now, if you find yourself wanting more explanation and a deeper dive into some of the things I talked about, don't worry. I'm going to be breaking down a lot of these things in coming episodes, especially when it comes to corporate, as this is what this podcast is focused on. Now I want to switch gears for a moment and talk about the employment side, meaning salaries, work-life balance, hours, benefits, job security, etc. For all three types of instructional design, ed tech, higher ed, and corporate, you can work a full-time job or you can do contract work. In a future episode, I will be breaking down the difference between full-time and contract work, but essentially a full-time job is where you're employed by the company and you get benefits like health insurance, dental, paid time off, retirement matching if you put a certain percentage in, sick days, and other benefits. Contract work is where you do not receive any benefits, but often the pay is much higher to make up for it. Contracts are for a defined period of time, whereas full-time jobs are ongoing. Some people like the flexibility of contract work and like to stack contracts, while others like the assumed security of a full-time job and want benefits. So for EdTech and corporate, the hours are pretty manageable and usually don't exceed 40 hours a week. Managers encourage you to stop working when you have extra hours, and there really isn't a whole lot of overtime unless there's a major deadline, and even then it's really not that much. Unless you get a bad manager, they really do care about you as a person and know you will be a better employee if you have work-life balance. For contract work, you get paid for every hour you work anyway, so they really can't overwork you because they're paying you for it. Now, higher ed can be different depending on the situation. Some will have a work-life balance and flow pretty easily, where others will overwork you as an employee as budgets are tight and they're often short-staffed. Just something to keep in mind, but you have to do your research here. All right, now salaries. You're going to make the most in corporate, hands down. Higher ed pays the worst. In fact, it probably pays lower than a lot of K-12 through jobs, or maybe it's about the same. Ed tech is somewhere in the middle. So if salary is a big concern for you, I would skip higher ed completely. You really can only go into higher ed if you really enjoy working in that environment. There can't be another reason. Sometimes educators think higher ed is easier to get into, just like they think ed tech is easier because of their education background. It isn't. As an educator or non-educator, you can get into any of the three. Now, job security. Higher ed is again losing here. Many university instructional design positions are grant funded, and when the funds run dry, you're gone. Higher ed in general has been tightening the reins on their budgets, especially since COVID, and there have been a lot of hiring freezes and layoffs. I will admit that I know the least about ed tech, but I've seen a lot of people getting jobs in it recently and lots of job postings, so I think there's still a pretty good demand, definitely more so than higher ed. For corporate, the demand is super high and growing constantly. The cool thing about corporate work is you can work in any industry. Think about how many companies there are in the U.S. Now, in corporate, do layoffs happen? They do. It's usually very specific to certain industries and certain fields. Right now, at the time of recording this podcast, tech positions are not doing the best. However, you don't have to work in tech. You can work in so many different industries doing ID, which is the really cool thing. So when I say corporate, I don't just mean companies in big fancy offices like law firms, insurance companies, and banks. I mean the corporate office of your favorite retail store, restaurants, airlines, hospitals. I even throw government into the same category with corporate because they operate pretty much the same. They're really slow at getting things done, but other than that, it's about the same. The demand is huge. And like I said, if one industry is not doing great, like hospitality wasn't doing great during COVID, you can just switch to another, whereas higher ed and ed tech are the industry. There's nowhere to switch. You can switch to another university, but if higher ed as a whole is not doing good, there's nowhere else to go. 
it's never going to be that corporate as a whole is not doing well. So one last topic I want to cover is remote work. If you want to work remotely, you're more likely to find it in corporate or ed tech. The only time you can really work remotely as a higher ed ID is if you're working a contract and not a full-time job. And even then, many times it is in person. It's not to say that higher ed jobs or contracts don't exist remotely, but they're just not very common. Now, if you really do enjoy designing learning and not just assisting with it, I would probably stick with corporate. But if you really enjoy education and you want to stay in it, ed tech or higher ed may be the way to go. If you really enjoy working with and designing learning for children, ed tech is it. If you really want to work with adults, I would stick with corporate. If in between, maybe higher ed. There obviously is no right or wrong answer here. Whichever one you decide to pursue, if any, is your choice. You may even pursue all three if you want to, because as I said at the beginning, you can take the one that offers you the job. As long as you understand the nuances that make each one unique and learn the skills, knowledge, and tools specific to each. If you go into a corporate instructional design job talking about Canvas or Blackboard, you're likely not going to get the job. So you want to make sure that you're not too general so that you actually get the job that you want. It's like that phrase, a jack of all trades, master of none. You don't want to be that person. So like I said, anyone can pursue any of these. For example, as an educator, you don't have to do ed tech or higher ID before jumping into corporate. Many educators go straight to corporate because of the money and they want to switch over to working with adults. If you've been in corporate for years and another job that isn't instructional design, of course you would do great in corporate instructional design because you already have corporate experience, but if you want to jump into higher ed or ed tech, you can. Now, as I said in the beginning, this podcast focuses on corporate ID. So if you've decided after all of this that you want to pursue ed tech or higher ed, that's great, but you're not going to find much for you in this podcast. There's other podcasts out there that are going to be a better fit for you to listen to. As I said earlier, the process, tools, deliverables, audiences, etc., are very different. On the other hand, if you are interested in corporate or you're still undecided, then stay with us. I will be expanding at everything I have discussed in the corporate portion of this episode and episodes to come. Hopefully, you now have a better understanding of the three different types of instructional design that you can pursue. If you still have questions I want to discuss, hop over to our Facebook group to continue the discussion. You can find the name of it in the description and the show notes. If you're enjoying this podcast, I'd love if you rate it and leave a review as well as follow so you don't miss a thing. I also have a free five-day workshop opportunity for you and a giveaway with big prizes going on through January 19th. Stick around for just a second to hear the details and you can always find them in the description of this episode as well as the show notes at learningstrategyanddesign.com. Thanks for listening and I'll see you back here soon. Thank you for tuning in to the Jumpstart Your Instructional Design Career podcast. I hope you've gained valuable insights that will help you on your instructional design journey. Are you interested in going deeper and getting the roadmap to an instructional design career? I have a free five-day workshop coming up on January 16th through 20th, 2023, where you will be live with me for an hour a day. I will help you identify the skills that you bring to the table, clarify your gaps, and get the direction you need to stand out to hiring managers to get that first ID job or contract. The link to register is in the show notes on our website at learningstrategyanddesign.com slash podcast. And that's not all. To kick off the launch of this podcast, we're doing a giveaway with some big prizes. Enter to win a one-year license to Articulate 360, which is an $1,100 value. I'm also giving away a one-on-one coaching session with me and three instructional design book bundles. To enter the giveaway and get more details, go to learningstrategyanddesign.com slash giveaway. You can also check the description and the show notes for more information. No purchase is required. 
If you love the show and want to hear more, follow the podcast and give me a rating and review. Stay tuned next week as I bring you more tips, tools, and strategies to jumpstart your instructional design career.